0: Welcome to the Church on a Hill podcast. This is Pastor Corey Lahery and the Church on a Hill podcast is a ministry of Palouse Federated Church in Palouse, Washington. We are glad you joined us for this podcast and we hope that that this will bless you. Hi friends, thanks for joining us today wherever you're listening or watching this message today. We're in the the book of Revelation, we're in chapter 8, and we're going to hear this revealing message, vision given to St. John the Apostle. But first, let's pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, may they be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, dear Lord. For you are truly our rock and our redeemer. You are our author and perfecter. You alone should we reverently worship. You alone should we fully follow. You alone should our lives be founded upon. And God, I pray right now for everybody listening to this whenever, wherever they are, that they would truly believe that your Holy Spirit is in your word and in them and working in this message, Lord, that they would listen as an act of worship, that they would pray for for me and other preachers of your word, Lord, that we would rightly declare your truth. Uh, that this together, preacher and listener, would, we would find ourselves meeting you in your word, in your scripture. That we would hear your truth, that we would glorify you. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're hearing about the Lamb, the Lamb of God in, in Revelation. And who is the Lamb? little bit of review for us here on Revelation. Uh, John is seeing this lamb, and the lamb is Jesus, Jesus Christ. And John... John the Apostle, or apostle means a sent person, he was a servant of Jesus. He was a a leader in the early Christian movement. And he he is receiving this vision on the island of Patmos where he's been exiled. And he's empowered and enlightened by the Holy Spirit, helping him to have this revealing experience. God is revealing to him this beautiful set of images. And uh, I, I believe that this takes place during the reign of the Roman emperor Domitian, who reigned between 81 AD uh, to 96 AD and John would be an older man at that point with lots of experience and lots of faith and and passion for groups of Christ followers who are who are facing all kinds of challenges persecution temptations and other difficulties of just being a Jesus follower in the world and so John Jesus is giving John this vision and John is seeing or hearing experiencing this vision or visions uh, uh, that are revealing eternity and God's unfolding plan as it has to do with history and John has seen all kinds of things he's he's seen angels he's seen the prayers of God's people in golden bowls like incense in the Jewish temples but it's it's the prayers of God's saints or God's people Gathered in bowls. That's one of the visions he's seen. He's seen the Lamb of God who who looks slain uh, but is living and is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he sees that the Lamb is the only one worthy to open six out of seven seals that seal this special scroll. Only the Lamb can open it. Only the Lamb is worthy. And as the Lamb, opens the first six seals out of the seven, great difficulties and trials are brought to the earth. And, um, and we heard about that in a previous message that you can check out online on our website or our YouTube channel. But, but we see that this peaceful, loving lamb who was slain or was killed, but now is living and is powerful, he is not just a lamb, he is also the Lion of Judah and he alone is worthy to open the seals because of what he has done. And so all this is a bit of background to get us to the point where we're going to hear what happens before the opening of the seventh seal. And let's hear our scripture today from Revelation chapter eight, starting with verse one. When the lamb opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half, an hour There I saw seven angels who stand before God and seven trumpets were given to them And another angel came and stood at the altar with a golden censer and he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints rose before God from the hand of the angel then the angel took the censer and filled it with fire from the altar and threw it on the earth. And there were peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. Silence for about a half an hour. Imagine experiencing the silence of heaven. With it all its beauty and God at the center. It's not an empty place, the, the visions John has been seeing. It's not a place without purpose. He's been seeing all kinds of activity and worship there and millions and millions of angels. And and we've heard of all kinds of noise going on. But then, for a time, all the activity ceases and there's silence, stillness. I mean, if I was silent or still for half an hour here on earth many of you would stop the download of this (laughs) Um, you know if I did that in church on a Sunday morning I imagine several people just out of discomfort spiritual discomfort might walk out but here we are John receiving this this beautiful active overwhelming vision and then everything goes silent why? Well, silence, among other things, it draws the attention for those who are really listening, who are looking. It it, it emphasizes what has just happened because you can think about it because nothing else is being said or done. So you can think about that that has been said or done. So it emphasizes that which has happened, but it prepares you for that which is coming. It draws the attention, attention backward and forward. Meditating or thinking on what you have seen and experienced, preparing your heart, your mind, your body for what you are about to experience. And in this case, preparing for the opening of the seventh seal. And he paused, they paused for about a half an hour and you and I would think of a lot of things in a so-called silent half an hour. We might want to go to our phones and fill the silence with visual noise of social media or something else. We might fear that we're missing out on something if everything just went silent. But what if the, one of the best things for us preparing our hearts to really follow God is to to do like the psalm says and to be still and know that he is God. Now, if you read Revelation and you actually paused here for a half an hour, it would be an interesting activity for you to see if in silence you could just think about for a full half hour what had what you had been experiencing as you read and what might be coming. That would be an interesting activity to try. But that's something we could do. But let's imagine John's experience in real time. His experience and the vision that he is seeing from God. And now, quite suddenly, he's experiencing a silent vision. While still seeing into the majestic throne room of God. Right? I would submit to you that I don't think John's thoughts could easily stray because of what he is still seeing and seeing and experiencing the silence of all of that, right, of that heavenly sight, and seeing and experiencing this ongoing revelation of the greatness of his friend, who is also leader and Lord, Jesus, and staring at him for a half hour or so in silence, the Lamb, but seeing him in his glory and power, yet also seeing him as the lamb who was killed for his sheep, for his people. What good that half an hour must have done for the heart of John and for any followers of Jesus who would just have their heart and mind stare at his glorious goodness, the lamb who was slain for us. The awe of the Lord, I think, would fill John's heart. And the awe of the Lord fills our heart when we be still before him and know who he is and what he has done for us. And so the silence lasts for about a half an hour or so, giving the feeling to us as the reader that duration here is not the point. It doesn't say the exact minutes, about or thereabouts. The important thing was not the duration, but the silence itself, the focus, the emphasis. And then the silence shifts into action. It says, And then I saw the seven angels who stand before God and seven trumpets were given to them. And another angel came and stood at the altar with a golden censer and was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne and the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints rose before God from the hand of the angel. We see this scene with these, these angels, these seven angels, plus an additional angel who gets his tool of the, the golden censer. And so these angels are given their tools, so to speak, and, and we see this number seven is important, this complete number, this, this number of perfection. And there were seven seals, and now there's seven angels uh, likely the seven archangels of Jewish tradition and the seven angels are giving seven trumpets so they can announce or emphasize what is coming next. But this other angel is involved with the, the incense and the prayers of God's people and the angel gathers the incense with the the golden censer or a sense, uh, incense carrier, something that you can spread the incense with and combining it with the prayers of God's people or saints as your translation may have it, people who have been made holy by the righteousness of christ that's what saints are not some select few followers but all who believed in jesus christ who've been made righteous by him the prayers of all god's people the aligned prayers of god's people are rising as of incense before god And we see here there's this beautiful connection about what happens in heaven and what has happened on earth between the prayers of God's people throughout the centuries and the unfolding plan uh, of God in eternity. And there's this temptation of human beings on earth now to think that the prayers of God's people aren't noticed. Skeptics or cynics may tell us that they go nowhere or they're just some psychological mind trick but this tells us that God's prayers are, are noticed, recorded, meaningful, and are worked together and come before God and are part of God's plan. God hears the real sincere prayers of his people. And I think this would have encouraged those first seven churches that John ministered to and all the churches since then who heard this, who had prayed faithfully, to he, who hear that God hears, God is taking in their prayers and God faithfully works their prayers into his plan. For those followers of Jesus then and since then, and followers of Jesus now who have cried out for justice, God hears your prayers. For Jesus' followers who've been crying out for healing or an end to war and violence and oppression, God hears your prayers. For Jesus' people who have been pleading for the world to turn to him and for his kingdom to come here on earth as it is in heaven, God hears your prayers. For those longing for peace and encouragement of knowing Christ, for people that you love, You've been pleading for that. God hears your prayers. And one begins to wonder, how does God take all of that in? I don't even know the number of prayers I've prayed or you've prayed, but what about all of us together throughout the ages? The aroma and the gathering the gathering weight of all of those prayers, those pleading prayers, his, his people pleading through the centuries. How does He do it? Well, first you could say he is God. Of course, he can hear all the prayers and work them together, but I, I ponder and reflect at his restraint of he hears pleading through the centuries for all these sincere prayers for peace and justice and love and mercy and for people to know him. And God's restraint is amazing to just not have ended the world 500 years ago or 1,000 years ago. But it, it is, as the scripture says, that he longs for all people to be saved. First 1 Timothy 2.4, he desires for all to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And so his restraint is beautiful and he, he works together through his people, gathering our prayers and causing us to serve and love, even as there is difficulty in this world. It's like it says in Second Peter three, starting with verse eight, "Beloved, do not let this one thing escape your notice. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness, but is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar, the elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and its works will be laid bare. So he tells us to pray and not give up. And we can do that because we see and hear that he patiently hears and listens and cares and sovereignly works together the prayers of his people into his plan. And there is definitely great and beautiful mystery here about how God does this, but God does this and he reveals this picture to John and to us. And one day, one day in God's timing and God's sovereign plan, he will unleash the contents of that that holy scepter from that angel's hands, the prayers and the incenses unleashed on the earth and John sees this, the power of it all and it says starting in verse 5, Then the angel took the censer and filled it with fire from the altar and threw it on the earth and there were peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning and an earthquake. John's vision is an inclusive one in the sense it includes things going on in heaven, the angel shaking the censer, but then things happening on earth. But it's not just that future vision of of heaven and earth. It's things of the past because that the, the, the collection of the prayers were all these prayers of God's people through time, right? And then God takes that and it's in some beautiful, majestic way, it's the throwing of God's power down upon the earth. And we're going to see and hear more about the seventh seal and the consequence of that next week. But for us this week, we should imagine the power of it all. We should try to envision or have God help us to envision the power of thunder and lightning and these loud noises and an earthquake. And this is the impact of God's prayers that are aligned with his will. And all of this, this startling scene occurs after that silent stillness of a half an hour or so. Well, you may be asking, you know, this series through Revelation, how, how is this really connecting to my life on earth? I, you know, there's a lot of people struggling with these images and struggling to see how this is to be encouragement. And then I'm hearing from a lot of you that are finding this to be deeply encouraging as, you, as God works with you and teaches you through these images and, 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 and shows you His, His will and His plan and His power and His strength. So a lot of people are getting encouraged, but I I have compassion for those who are reading this and saying, but these images, they're difficult. I, I, I don't see how this connects to reality here on earth for me. Well, I think for this image here today, I want you to be encouraged that this really does connect something really down to earth for us. That our prayers can align with God's will that we are not we are not forgotten by God but we can we can have our li- life aligned with God right and and we are part of how God is going to activate the unfolding of his end times and though the images that we will consider next week are are not easy images to consider and it won't be an easy age it will be incredibly intense perhaps beyond our human human imaginations but the point is that God is in control of history and God's people who live here on earth whatever age we live in are his people he is our great shepherd we are his sheep and he hears our voice and we hear his voice and we follow him and our life is hidden in His. And He is in control. And so the things I do in my life matter because of who He is and who He says I am. right? And, and Christ is saying, will my people live and prepare for my eventual return? right? Or will you live as if humanity controls life? Will you live as a human being as if you are the Lord of your life, that you get to control earth and space and history. Well, all of humans' attempts to control, including attempts to control our own life, the good news here, this is not going to slow God's action. God will be in control no matter what. God will act when God chooses to act. And that should be good news for anybody who believes in a good God. And so no matter how... As difficult as the images may get to our human eyes and ears, a God who is good, who chooses to act, is a good God, and and we want to align with God's good will, and so we can now be praying and aligning ourselves and our heart with His good will. Are we praying right now in your daily life? As we heard earlier in Peter's scripture and Timothy's uh, the the letter to Timothy. Um, are we praying that as many as possible would come into relationship with Him now? You could say, well, I don't have to pray that. I know it's God's will. It's in the Bible. We just heard the scriptures. Why do I have to pray it? Because God wants people who are aligned with His will, who, who are offering prayers up for the thing that He wants, people to come into relationship with Him now. That's why He's waiting. That's why He has this restraint. So are we joining Him and why He's restraining His coming age and that unfolding in the meantime before it happens we are to align ourselves and to to have the same heart as him which is for more and more to come into relationship with him now to experience his peace his presence are we taking seriously our call to serve others as he has served us are we taking seriously our gift of time on planet earth to serve as he served us, to love sacrificially like he loved us? Do we, do, are we wasting the gift of life or do we cherish it? Do we see our story and our prayers as part of God's timeline? We might be like grass, here one day, gone the next. But if we have God's presence with us and we align our life with God's, Our story and our prayers are part of what God is doing in his eternal plan. Do you see your life that way? Do we plead as he taught us to plead and pray for his kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven? And do we believe, really believe that one day that will be fully true? And it will be the Lord's kingdom, not my little kingdom or some other human's kingdom. It will be the Lord's kingdom. Do we truly believe that? The power of God working through people and working through history is amazing. And it's encouraging. It's amazing and encouraging to me that no earthly powers can come close to the power of God. Not Rome, the Empire of Rome back then. Not Russia plus China plus the United States plus Saudi Arabia plus Israel now all those earthly powers combined, nothing comes close to God and God's power. Nothing comes close. And we'll see that repeatedly in the images that are unleashed in the book of Revelation. And so he's saying, I am powerful. That's what he's saying to us. So what should we do down here on earth. We should be meek. We should be humble. And in our meekness, knowing God is powerful, in our humility, knowing God is powerful, we will be encouraged. We don't have to be in control. We don't have to be the most beautiful. We don't have to be, you know, fear of missing out of everything going on. We can be still and know that God is good and in charge. After all, it'll be the meek that inherit the earth, not the strong and the proud, the bold and the beautiful, right? So while there is still time in your life and on earth, Revelation says to us, focus and align your life with the God of heaven and earth. Be meek and surrender. Be a sheep of the Lamb, who seems powerless to the proud of the world. But God's sheep who might be led to the slaughter in some places and times are also sheep that are heard by their shepherd and their prayers waft up to the eternal God. So while there is still time, pray. Pray and act as his beloved child. Go where he sends you. Love those in your life. Cry out for justice. Plead for those you know to come into relationship with him. Love those who it's hard to like. Serve all in your life as Christ would serve people if he were living your life and at your address. And be silent and still. And know that God is God. Christ is the Lamb who lives and reigns now and forever. Be still and know that God's plan is real. Oh God, we thank you for being good and loving and in charge. And We thank you that you are unfolding your plan and that you call us to align with your beautiful plan. Help us to do so. Help us to yield to you. Help us to be meek. Help us to persist in prayers. Help us to be silent and still before you. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Friends, some quick next steps. What practical things did you carry on from the last couple of messages you've heard from Revelation? And what's a practical thing you heard this week that you wanna carry on? Do you need some stillness in your life? Do you need to surrender yourself to Christ in some way? Do you need to align your prayers more with his will? What are some practical steps you can take? And then are you listening and experiencing the book of Revelation? I encourage you to read through it, read it chapter by chapter, experience it. Read it with a group, study it with a group. But experience this good revelation of God. And may we be changed all for his glory. I pray this in Jesus' name and I pray you have a good week. Hello, friends. I truly pray that this message blessed you, and if you want to find out more about our ministries or listen to other messages or videos of our worship services, you can check us out at PalouseChurch.org or search for Palouse Church on YouTube or check us out on Facebook or we are on uh, the Bible app. There's different ways to find us. You can always Email me, corey, C-O-R-E-Y, at palousechurch.org uh, to connect with me or to send me a prayer request. We really appreciate you connecting with us in this way, and may God bless your day.